This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening, you're with Lee Tree Lin and Sharmila Ganesan. Tonight, how will AI affect education? First, Bill Gates says that AI chatbots can help your children learn to read and write, so we look into that. And then, how can AI be integrated into higher education in a productive way? Okay, so we want to know, how would you have used AI when you were in school? Call 7733-2900, tweet us at BFM Radio, and send a voice note or WhatsApp at our U-Mobile number 018-789-8899. This is Inside Story. It is 6.07. So um, we are talking today about the question of AI and how it could be used when it comes to education at a number of levels. Let's start with uh, what's been making the headlines. So on Saturday, Microsoft... Um, well, Bill Gates said that AI chatbots are on track to help children learn to read and hone their writing skills and that they will be able to do this or rather that AI will be prepared to do this in about 18 months' time, saying that soon it could become as good a tutor as any human could be and that uh, in this period AI will be able to come in as a teacher's aide and give feedback on writing and then amp up also what we're able to do in math. So he said that this might take some time, but because the technology will improve, uh, that it will help make private tutoring, in fact, available to students who currently can't afford it. Um, and that he said that this would also obviously be more affordable and accessible than one-on-one tutoring with a human instructor. So all the things that AI is supposed to be able to do, right, reduce the uh, human labor, make things um I think more available on scale. Um, Yeah, so all of the supposedly good stuff. So he said um, that... So what he's banking on is that today's chatbots uh, will have incredible fluency and that will soon help students to improve their own reading and writing. Um, Academics have also talked about the chatbot's ability to summarise, to offer feedback on pieces of text or even to write full essays, as we all know. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is something that's been making the rounds. But right now, um, the technology can still introduce significant errors or misinformation. Basically, it's just not ready. And that's what this 18-month period is supposed to be for, uh, for AI to improve itself to get better so that it can then teach human children um, how to be better students or for that matter simply to read and write which actually on its I suppose just as a as on if we take it as what it is sounds very exciting doesn't it because um, if we are talking about um, AI being able to take the place of a tutor to assist teachers in uh, particularly these extremely important skills of reading and writing. Um, It would obviously serve a very important purpose, but I always go back to, um, on the one hand, can it in fact be a replacement for having a human there, one? Um, And secondly, are we actually at a place now where we can make this sort of technology accessible across the board, or is it just going to come back to um, the people who have access will have access, and that's it? Yeah, I guess... I guess in the case of reading and writing, 
and accessibility. I think my question is really in how integrated it's actually going to be. Mm, yes. Because accessibility isn't that huge an issue if it's not something that we intend to roll out in a big way and for every single person, right? So as long as there is, in fact, a teacher who will be teaching reading and writing, um, that's fine. Um, in this case, it's being used as a teaching aid. So... I guess the question would then be, to your point, whether or not children taught with this teaching aid have better outcomes compared to the children who don't. Well, it is telling, though, that this is coming from Gates, right? Because yeah. Microsoft has recently been making um, a huge deal about Bing's uh, AI capabilities and the fact that soon it will be freely available with, with Bing, with Microsoft Bing. Um, and so perhaps we are talking about a very integrated system that will also be uh, if if I am to understand it correctly, free, as long as you have the browser. So that's at the, um, I was going to say primary school level, but this is almost at the uh, kindergarten level, mm. actually, learning to read and write. Um, we are taking it all the way to the other end of the education spectrum because last month uh, it was announced that the Higher Education Ministry were working on guidelines on the use of ChatGPT with uh, Minister Khalid Nordin saying that ChatGPT and other AI technology could be beneficial if adopted as a tool in the learning process and uh, they want to therefore look at how that can be the case, right? They're not trying to regulate it. Um, they're instead working on providing guidelines on what to do and what not to do when these tools are adopted. So clearly, this is only the beginning of something larger when it comes to AI and education. And we're going to be speaking shortly after this with Chan Sun Singh, CEO of Teach for Malaysia, to get his perspective. We'd like to hear from you, though. How would you have used AI when you were in school? Or how would you like to have used AI uh, when you were studying? That number to call, double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899, and tweet us at BFM Radio. Because friends matter. BFM. 89.9, The Business Station. It's 6.13 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. Uh, we are talking today about how AI is going to affect education in a big way after... Bill Gates, who has, shall we say, a not-so-vested interest in this, uh, has said that in 18 months, AI chatbots will be able to help children learn to read and write. Um, and this is happening as our higher education ministry is looking into guidelines in terms of how ChatGPT can be used um, in the higher education setting. So we'd like to hear from you. Um, you know, if you imagine this, how would you have used AI when you were in school? How would it have been useful to you? That number to call, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, joining us now, we have Chan Sun Singh, CEO of Teach for Malaysia to weigh in. Uh, Sun Singh, thanks for speaking with us today. Thanks for having me. So firstly, um, have you kind of interacted or played around with ChatGPT or other AI programs? Uh, what do you think of the capabilities that they're showing so far? Yeah, I, I literally use ChatGPT at least once, if not multiple times a day to help me in my, in my work. Uh, and I'm very, very excited about the potential that it has for um, education to supporting students, but also really to elevating the role of a teacher and making life easier for teachers. Sun Singh, if I may ask, um, what are some examples of what you do use uh, ChatGPT for? 
Yeah, so maybe I'll, I'll give you some examples of uh, what, uh, from a teacher's perspective, about how um, uh, ChatGPT could could really really help, right? So, um, but before before I do that, you know, Google published uh, a series of papers on uh, the role of technology in education, and they called it the future of education. And um, in one of their simulations, they they estimated that um, AI could potentially save teachers. Uh, about five hours a week in preparation time and about three hours a week in administra uh, administrative tasks. Um, so I think it's got a huge, huge, huge role that it can help to 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 elevate the role of of teachers. So, for example, as a teacher, you spend a huge amount of time thinking about the best possible lessons that you can create for your students. And what ChatGPT can help you to do is number one to be able to to help you create lesson plans. Um, so you can put in your your lesson objective and the success criteria that you want out of it. Um, then it can help you to generate the lesson plans immediately, but then you can also use it to really customize it personally to your students. So for example, you maybe have a, a reading lesson that you have uh, with your students if you're a language teacher. You can get ChatGPT to create a specific text for you, taking into account your students' uh, personalized interests and create. And you can ask it to create comprehension qu questions with the uh, exemplar answers and all of this aligned to your students' interests. So it saves so, 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 so much time. And you can also then ask it to generate different types of activities uh, that you can then pick from instead of you having to kind of crack your brain and search for all of these activities um, by yourself. So it just saves a huge amount of time. So considering, I mean, listening to you, right, um, I'm curious how much you think AI is going to shape and influence the whole of education and why is it important that we prepare to embrace these changes? Yeah. And so I think the, the big question also as well is, is the how it'll affect how it'll affect student learning, right? And you know, there's all of the concerns around uh around plagiarism and whether students will be producing authentic work. And you know, I, I don't think that that it's so much about that we should be afraid of AI um and uh uh and you know go to the extent of banning it. But really, how do we create learning that's meaningful enough for students to be able to use it as a tool? Because the reality is that, um, a, well, at least at this point, uh, AI still continues to make a lot of mistakes. And um, uh, what we need to do is to create learning um, experiences that still ensure that a student needs to understand um, what uh, this AI needs to produce. And um, so, for example, if it's producing a uh, um, an analysis of a historical event that happened, uh, you your the student would still need to know whether that information that the AI is producing is actually accurate, and would have to reference um, the thing their research would have to reference what they've learned in school um, to be able to 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 assess, right? And so you would have to create learning experiences um, where the student still has to be able to use AI um, in a way that enables them to be learning at the same time. So I think that there are exciting implications on, on student learning. I think that there's also uh, very exciting implications on really enabling teachers to get better, uh, to get better at their jobs. Um, 
And uh, I think that uh, uh, that it will also really, really help to make things more accessible uh, for students and to help students to be able to learn things uh, more effectively because it can help you to explain um, uh, things that you're you don't understand, things that don't make sense to you. Um, and the great thing about AI is that it's very, very patient. It doesn't get angry at you and you can ask it as many questions uh, as you want. So on that point about learning, um, if we go back to uh, what Bill Gates said, uh, he basically says that in 18 months' time, chatbots can actually be used to help kids hone their reading and writing skills. What do you make of this? Yeah, I, I definitely think that it's it's uh, um, going to be able to support that. You know, there are already existing uh, gamified applications or technologies that enable students to learn how to read and write through using uh, these apps. And then they use some form of gamification and very, very basic AI to help kids learn how to do that. And there are apps that already help kids without the support of an adult to learn how to read and write all, all by themselves. We've already seen um, Khan Academy and Duolingo uh, launch their ChatGPT4 uh, integrations. And so I think it's definitely possible and um, uh, and with, within 18 months. And I think that's going to be something that's really, really helpful. So for example, in Malaysia, one of the biggest things that is a big debate in education is uh, English and how effectively or, or, or ineffectively we teach the language uh, in Malaysia. Um, and I think that there are so many ways in, uh, in which ChatGPT is going to help us leapfrog some of the language challenges that we have um, or, or in, teaching, uh, in teaching kids. And um, it will really, really be on how effectively we can um, uh, keep up and, and leverage the tool. And are there particular challenges or gaps within our system right now that you think could be addressed with AI? Yeah, I think one big, big, big thing that I think can be really, really helpful um, uh, for us is, especially with the shift away from uh, the high-stakes standardized tests, the UPSR, the PT3, the shift towards um, the school-based assessments, um, I think AI can play uh, a really helpful role here because what what that can do is that it can help to be to be able to create more standardized uh, ways of assessment while still assessing very um, uh, complex and uh, and nuanced uh, tasks. So, um, for uh, for example, what what happens now is that. Uh, in schools, teachers have to grade all of their students according to these bands. Um, and one of the challenges that you know parents have uh, expressed is that they're not sure really where their students' learning, uh, where their students' learning is at. And a potential way that we can um, uh, circumvent that or we can overcome that is is really if we're able to use AI to to, for example, mark work, um, assess students work and create reports about where their students are at. Now, teachers are doing that, but they're all doing that manually. And it's very dependent on um, uh, the professional judgment of a teacher. And so what AI can do is it can help to create some form of standard form of assessment while doing it in a way that is enabling students to be assessed 
um, according to their level in a meaningful way for them, and not just through the form of a standardized uh, um, uh, national standardized assessment. So I think that assessment is really probably one of the most exciting places where we have um, some gaps at this point in time. And if we're able to create uh, um, some kind of very meaningful standardized assessment through the usage of, uh, of AI, I think we're, we're going to have a lot more accurate information about where students are at in order for teachers to be able to support them, uh, to support them better. And teachers then can use AI to personalize uh, and create lessons and differentiate learning according to their students' various needs. Right. But the immediate question that would come to mind is whether this will affect our reliance on teachers. Now, do you see this as a potential risk or challenge? Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I think that uh, AI really has the potential to elevate the role of teachers. And so if we can, one of the biggest challenges that, um, uh, you know, we talk about uh, with teachers is really the teacher burden. And a lot of that comes from the administrative work that uh, that teachers have to do. And so I think that um, at a very, very uh, basic level, AI can really reduce the administrative burden of teachers because it can generate a lot of the paperwork that teachers uh, need to create. Um, the second thing is that AI can then enable teachers to spend more of their time really thinking about the learning experience for their students and focus their time on the actual interactions that they have with their uh, with their students and focus on the things that really only a human being can do, right? Helping kids to develop uh, their emotional intelligence, helping them uh, to, to understand um, how to navigate so, uh, socially and navigate society. And this, uh, the role of AI can then help teachers to really, really shift more towards helping kids develop um, skills for the future, as well as you know the things that that it really that really only a human can help you uh, to develop. So I do have to ask because I think that the the perennial fear around AI is that students may end up abusing it, getting it to do the lion's share of their work. Um, how can we potentially navigate this? Yeah, I, I think that that that's where that's where it the the prospect of AI can actually help us think about how we're shifting uh, the way that we learn. Right. So if we're the this, it will force us to really think about how is learning. Helping students to create more original work. So the challenge is, for example, if you are um, getting AI to create, uh, um, you're getting free, uh, AI to create things that, um, you know, that a student could memorize uh, somewhere, right, and string information, existing information together, um, uh, that, that, that's less meaningful learning in a way, right? And um, if you can get students to really think more about how that learning applies in their lives, how that learning applies in their community and um, making a real life connection using AI, the students will still have to feed it information and give it the parameters um, uh, to produce the results that uh, that they want, right? So I think that it the, the potential that it allows for us to, for us to think more about how we're pushing students to think more originally about work and also, um, there are things that we can actually get students to be doing that where they will have actually have to perform tasks in real life. Um, and we can focus on the value of some of those things instead of uh, just the written work uh, that they may be producing through 
uh, through AI. So you mentioned earlier a number of ways in which uh, Malaysia and Malaysian schools can benefit from AI in the education system. But what will it actually take to successfully integrate AI as a tool in our local schools? Yeah, so I I, I think that um, uh, that you know really I think it really really well what we'll probably see is that students will will start taking it on uh, much much faster than than anyone else right and what we really need to do is to support teachers to think about how they use it as a tool um, and uh, at this point in time you know it's still very nascent it's still very new. And um, we need to think really quickly about how we're helping to upskill teachers and how we're helping them to understand how it can be a tool uh, to help uh, to help them be more effective uh, in their job. So I think number one through uh, teacher training, uh, through support for teachers, I think that's going to be really important. Um, but then at a broader kind of uh, um, more system wide level, I think we do we do have opportunities to consider. Um, how uh, our, our assessment systems and how we can build platforms that enable um, AI to support in uh, the assessment of students. Um, and I think that uh, the Ministry of Education uh, um, investing in how it integrates with the existing digital platforms uh, is something that uh, to, to consider for our education system. Sun Singh, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thanks for having me. That was Chan Sun Singh, CEO of Teach for Malaysia, talking about the integration of AI into our education and really what it could look like, the possibilities that it offers um, and how we can prepare for it. We'd like to hear from you. Uh, what do you think of this and how would you have used AI when you were in school? How would it have been useful? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We'll be back for all your messages and thoughts after this. Keep it here on Inside Story, BFM 89.9. Become fabulous millionaires. BFM 89.9. It's 6.37 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. We are talking today about the use of AI in education. And this is coming from a couple of different sources. Um, so Microsoft's co-founder, Bill Gates, he of um, the big bets behind AI, mm -hmm. <laughs> has said that uh, in about 18 months, AI chatbots uh, are on track to help children learn to read and hone their writing skills. Uh, he did, however, use the word tutor. Now, to be very clear, he's not saying that it should be the main source of how children learn to read and write, but that it will become as good a tutor as any human could be and therefore could serve as a teacher's aid. Um, meanwhile, this is also happening um, as the Higher Education Ministry are talking about guidelines on the use of artificial intelligence, specifically ChatGPT, at the university level. So clearly, um, this is something that's being considered from the earliest time of education, mm. when you start to learn to form words and so on, all the way up to PhD essays. So we're asking you, uh, what do you think about this? And how would you have used AI when you were in school? Would you have used it at all? Would it have been helpful? That number to call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, quite a lot of messages on this. So Shamil says... 
The use of AI in teaching human children <laughs> still depends on the willingness of the kids to use it. AI is just another aid, similar to books or Google. For me, I still prefer the human touch in learning, although I won't say no for some help in brushing up grammar in my essays. So I find that so interesting because, Shamil, I might bet that kids might be more willing to adopt AI. Willing? Uh, so I, I feel almost as if willing isn't even no, the word right? here. Like it's an organic process that yeah. they're so used to. The same way going from um, using a smartphone to using face recognition seemed seamless and suddenly you're living in a future you never thought you'd see. I feel like younger people might might find this transition easier okay. than, than those who need to sort of learn it. Let me ask a very simple question, right? Um, I think here we don't use um, Google Home or Alexa or whatever as much as other places. Yeah. But how many of us have said, okay, I was going to say, hey, Siri, but I realize I might activate people's Siri. <laughs> um, but, you know, how, how many of us have said, hey, name, tell, you know, how many people live in Costa Rica? So... That alone was something that we would not have imagined mm. doing when we were kids. Um, and maybe even, I don't know, um, 10 years ago would have felt a little bit unnatural. Or Remember all the hype when people first started doing it? Oh, yeah, yeah. But now it's become part and parcel. It is a movie trope. Um, it is something that's used for comedic effect. It's just become really common. And therefore, children growing up right now are probably fairly accustomed to hearing people do it and also to asking um, like... Hey, whatever. How old is Tom and Jerry? Like, that was such a dated reference. You get, I don't know, bluey. Simultaneously cutting edge and old-fashioned. I like it. I, I wanted, I was aiming for bluey and I landed at Tom and Jerry. Anyways, um, you, you get my point. So I I do agree with you that it's going to be seamless. Um, to Shamil's overall point, though, um, AI is just another aid similar to books and Google. I think this is the case. And I think in most classrooms, it will remain that way. I think so too. Um, of course, there is so much conversation around the cultural changes that tools bring about. Now, just because AI is a tool doesn't mean that it's not going to revolutionize a bunch of different things. Uh, but I do think that um, some of this... Some of the alarmist conversation around AI is the same sort of conversation we had about the internet. It's the same sort of conversation decades before that people had about TV. So I do feel like the the usefulness of it needs to be separated from how we as people might behave around it. So Chris says, I have some observations. Comparing with the current word processor, this is already a kind of AI mm. in terms of spell check, grammar check. I use the word processor to complete my university assignment. The spelling part is taken care of. Over time, AI improved and upgraded to be more than just spell check. Now we have chat GPT. The pros and cons is continuously evolving, just like it's currently, uh, just as it currently was used to in spell check. So I, I think that this is actually a pretty good um a, a pretty good comparison, although, of course, there is a difference, right, between using it to check your work and using it to generate work, which is the, the difference. Because um, in the case of spell check, grammar check, it is you are the one still producing the words that it then underlines in red or, or what have you. Um, but now with a chat GPT, what you're doing is asking it instead to generate words that you then almost serve as that you then spell check, not spell check, but content check, logic check. So it, it's an interesting comparison, but it is actually kind of different. I'm not going to get into the 
sort of more sci-fi elements of AI for this for the purpose of this conversation because of course there is that question of well it's very different from something like spell check because AI also at some point will become uh, almost self-regulatory or, or self-learning or whatever it is they call it however I think aware yeah, I, I was trying to avoid it I was trying not <laughs> just to become, say it. it's become self-aware but I think the exponential uh, speed with which AI can get better and improve um, also means that the kind of tasks that we can use it for see i had the same spell check from the time i started university till the end right with ai um what we could do six months ago and now is already different um and so i think there is a question of scale and capability that we can't even really wrap our heads around i'm gonna be grumpy are you prepared no, 100% no. Oh, uh, no, I, I'm going oh, to be grumpy. Are you prepared I, for my grumpiness? Oh, that one, because we're talking about AI, I kind of expected it. So sure, go. Okay. Have we become worse spellers because of spell check? <laughs> no, because in, in that same vein, are we no longer going... I, I So I actually think, to be very clear, that AI is a useful tool in the educational context. I'm not against it. I, I think that um, used in the right way or used in the many right ways it could be used, it would make teachers' lives a lot easier. Um, it's already what students are doing or will do anyway, so you might as well just meet them there because it's going to happen. So to be very clear, I'm for it. But... Overall, I would suspect um, that for many people, spell check has made you a worse um, organic speller. You probably don't know how words are spelled because, uh, or you mix up um, British and American spelling because it depends on what your setting is set to. I'm so glad I knew exactly what you were going to be grumpy about because that was exactly what I was thinking. So I was thinking about how I no longer know how to drive anywhere off the top of my head. Right. And, and if you compare that to our parents, for mm. instance, um, who would rather, you know, why are you wasting time doing that? You just go here, then you turn left, then at that traffic light, you take the next one. Sometimes I forget how to get home because I only know one way there. Um, and if I need to take a shortcut, I forget because I haven't taken that road in so long and I used to use ways to do it. So then I, I think that it's important to draw a distinction between skills that are useful and skills that aren't, right? So in some cases, um, I think that there are things about road learning that you could argue, you know what, if this goes away or it becomes easier and faster, then... That's fine. Just do that. Um, but in the case of, in the case of directions, for instance, or uh, information retention, I think those are important things. I also think that when you're typing on your own. Um, without the use of assistive spell check, that maybe sometimes bad spelling can make you. Um, can give a bad impression to others when you don't intend to. So this is why I go back to, and it's a point that a number of people um, are making, that the role of a teacher isn't so easily replaced. Because mm. I think where a teacher comes in is making that sort of qualitative assessment uh, that these skills are important, even though they might be boring. Perhaps you do have to do it 60 times so that you get better at it. Don't just outsource it to technology. This gets you somewhere because this is useful versus this is a job that can easily be done by technology and therefore we can use your time for something better. So we're talking today about AI in education um, from every level, really, from kindergarten or, you know, learning to read all the way up to higher education. And we want to hear from you. 
what do you make of all this? How would you like to see AI integrated into education? Uh, how would you have used AI when you were in school? You can share your thoughts by calling double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. Begin free Malaysia. BFM eighty nine point nine, the business station. It is 6.51. You're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila, where we are indeed talking about the modern age in the form of AI in our education systems. And, you know, it's just a discussion that acknowledges it's probably coming. Uh, In some cases, it's already here. So Mm. teachers are certainly using it, at least from what we heard earlier. So I think uh, we are asking you today how... Well, basically, what do you make of all this? Uh, What do you make of the integration of AI into education? Uh, But also, if you want to tell us, how would you imagine using AI when you were in school? What would you use it to do? Uh, That number to call is 7733-2900. You can send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio uh, to the messages. So, Nini says, AI would have saved the times my parents spent ferrying me to tuition classes and make children learn quicker with better understanding. Very cool. More effective. So, Nini, actually, that's almost exactly um, what Bill Gates talked about, the fact that it would be easier for those who maybe find it difficult to seek out private tuition or expensive mm-hmm. in some cases, um, and that a tool like this... Um, especially when it comes to reading and writing, basically makes um, these skills more accessible to more people. Uh, Meanwhile, Jessica says, some lazy teachers will have more time chatting in the teacher's room. Now, I think that... um so to me, right, this message kind of lays bare a a disparity between what we what the numbers tell us and what perceptions exist. Because, of course, um, in terms of numbers, it's been a documented thing that teachers are overworked. Mm. Um, that that in many cases, there are a lot more administrative tasks that didn't used to exist that are now burdensome uh, for teachers. Uh, we're also talking about, in some cases, trying to adjust for um, classes that... Well, it's just a different set of skills, right? So we've heard lots and lots of conversation about this. It does not exempt the fact that there are, of course, as there are in every profession, some people who don't do their job very well. And I would argue that for them, AI might not actually be that helpful even. So I was going to say, if you're a lazy person in any job, you're probably just going to be lazy anyhow. You're not going to get any less effective just because AI entered the place. Uh, yes, and learning to use AI well is also its own thing. So, so yeah, so um, from what I heard uh, our guest Sun Singh talk about earlier, the fact that you'd have to come up with prompts, the fact that you'd have to know what to ask for, um, to actually have a plan and then use it as a tool, all of that requires work. It's not just sitting around and expecting AI to do the work for you. And if you were going to do it badly, you would do it badly anyway, Yes, I think. So um, we have another person who's not for it. So Stephen says, using AI in schools, the last thing ever, analysis, calculations, theorems and other authorities are the way forward. Dire consequences await us if AI is used, it can be abused. So I think, um, Stephen, I, I, I hear you on that front. I will say that it is already being used. I think the, the conversation now is more like integration. Yes. And 
I also don't think it means things like analysis and calculations and theorems are no longer uh, there. In fact, I think it might mean that these things become, these things now have a technological tool to help them be uh, integrated into lessons. So um, abuse is something that is a question that arises with every sort of tool mm. that comes introduced, right? We just need to figure out the ways in which we can safeguard against it. I think, at least from what I've heard so far, that um, cautiously, the benefits of integrating AI into education seem to outweigh the possible um, pitfalls or the the potential for abuse. So let us know what do you make of uh, AI in education how can it be managed, I think, in a way that makes the most sense? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio, BFM 89.9. Beyond Frivolous Matters, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 7.07. And just a quick recap, we began our show today by talking about the fact that Bill Gates has said in about 18 months, AI chatbots will be able to help children learn to read and hone their writing skills. So we spent the first part of the show kind of really discussing not just that, but really what it says about how integrated AI is going to be in our education. And this is coming after last month, the Higher Education Ministry had said that they're working on guidelines on the use of ChatGPT, saying that it could be beneficial if adopted as a tool in the learning process. Um, and they want to provide guidelines on what to do and what not to do when you use these tools. So that's what we're focusing on now in this part of the show. As always, keep those thoughts coming. You can call 7733 send a voice note or WhatsApp at 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Speaking with us on this, uh, we have Associate Professor Dr. Lim Chi Leong, Director at the Learning Innovation and Development Centre for Future Learning at Taylor's University. Um, Dr. Chi Leong, thanks for speaking with us today. So, Higher Education Minister Khalid Nordin has said, uh, as we said earlier, that his ministry is working on guidelines for the use of ChatGPT. What's the significance of this? In the last few months, ChatGPT has prompted mixed reaction among educators around the world, ranging from those who fully embrace it to those who reject it on the basis of challenging academic integrity. And our Ministry of Higher Education's initiative to work on the guidelines for the use of ChatGPT in the learning processes really signify that AI should be viewed as an ally rather than as an enemy to the educators and students. Therefore, I believe educators should now move quickly to rethink how the current practices could be adjusted and to start recognizing ways that AI can be supportive rather than threatening in the learning, teaching and assessment processes. Furthermore, future job markets will increasingly expect our graduates to acquire the knowledge, the skills, the competency in using artificial intelligence for work purposes. So what are the benefits of using this technology within the education system? For a long time, educators around the world, we have been struggling in designing separate learning activities for students of different needs and abilities within the same class. With AI technology, customized lesson plans can now be generated and this will help educators to save time in planning and deploying their lessons 
to students who learn differently from others. And this is what we call adaptive learning. With the AI algorithms, AI could now support self-directed learning as it can adapt to the pace and level of difficulties of the content presented to students based on their progress. And this helps to ensure that our students are neither overwhelmed or under-challenged. AI also has the potential to provide personalized instruction and feedback to students. This virtual tutor leverage on AI to turn teacher-curated content into topics for revision or questions in quizzes. And such an application is good to help our teachers to manage large classes where the teacher cannot devote the time needed by individual students. At the same time, these personalized instructions encourages our students to take responsibility in their learning. In addition, lecturers have spent long hours grading students' work. With the use of AI tools today, automated but custom feedback on students' work can be generated. These will cut down the marking time significantly by identifying the assignments which have the fixed answers, such as mathematical problems or text-based assignments like essays. And the interesting part is these tools are smart enough to provide a non-generic feedback they are tailored to each unique submission. The lecturers, if the lecturer is unsatisfied with the feedback, the AI can always be prompted to regenerate another round of feedback. And all these are just examples of how we could reimagine the next generation of education systems because of the rise of AI technologies. So you mentioned that there are some academics who've rejected the idea of using AI within the learning process. And one aspect they brought up is uh, the possibility of plagiarism and cheating. How would you respond to these concerns? Yes, yes, this is very true. The challenge of academic integrity is certainly not new and does not come as a surprise to educators. So even before AI, there have always been concerns about plagiarisms and cheating in the academic world. Students may just copy directly from all sorts of web sources, including academic journals and books, or engage in contract cheating in which students outsource their work or contract it out to a third party. And in today's world, contract cheating includes the use of generative AI tools. And to address all these concerns, educators need to rethink the need of giving fact-based take-home examinations as a form of assessments because these answers and solutions are easily generated by an AI and it can be submitted as it is or with just a minor editing. Educators could also use staging examinations or portfolio-oriented assessments which focus on process rather than just the end product. This type of assessments requires students to submit draft answer, get feedback, and then further revise the answer before submitting the final piece. So in short, I would say we have to educate our students on the importance to maintain academic integrity rather than preventing them from learning using all these such advanced tools. Students need to also remember to attribute sources of their work correctly and be responsible for any errors or omissions provided by the AI tool. 
So not much has been revealed yet about the guidelines to adopt ChatGPT in the learning process. What do you think are some aspects that should be considered? Yeah, I hope the guidelines will address three key stakeholders, which are the education providers, the educators, as well as the students. For the education providers, it should highlight the importance of ongoing review and update of the current policies and procedures related to the use of generative AI, such as ChatGPT in academic activities. Universities need to also ensure that the students are prepared to use ChatGPT effectively. This may involve providing AI literacy training and support to students, as well as assessing students' digital literacy skills in general. Second part for educators, the guidelines need to address how to train the educators for success in embracing AI for learning and teaching. This may involve providing professional development opportunities and resources to help our educators to develop the necessary skills and knowledge. Also, educators need to expose themselves to the guidelines on how to design appropriate assessment tasks that will take into consideration the unique capabilities of ChatGPT while ensuring the, while ensuring the authenticity and the integrity of the assessment process. Lastly, for students, Policies and procedures should also illustrate the ethical use of ChatGPT to ensure that students use it in a productive and responsible manner, which is consistent with their institutions, assessments and academic integrity policy. And uh, so on your point to provide training for educators to adopt AI into the learning process, what should that look like? I would suggest the training to be divided into three categories. The first category covers the AI fundamentals to expose the educators to the various types of all-purpose generative AI tools available in the market. For example, Professor Bob.ai and Noodle Factory, which automates AI tutoring, marking and exam preparation. The second category of training should focus on the educational implications of AI, such as the benefits, the ethical considerations, as well as the ways to rethink the learning, teaching and assessment practices by leveraging AI. And the last category, the third category, is about academic integrity, where we should focus on managing assessments in the era of AI, including introducing different AI writing detectors to the educators, for example, GPT-0 OpenAI classifier to detect these emerging forms of misconduct. So by understanding these three broad categories, our educators will now gain a more holistic view of how to adopt AI in the context of higher learning institutions. So the Malaysian academic movement has said that there is an urgent need for a high-level task force or a committee of experts from education and tech to develop uh, cross-sector policies and guidelines. Why is this important? Yeah, very good questions. And indeed, there is an urgent need for the cross-section policies and guidelines to be developed by a group of experts from education and technologies to address issues like data privacy, transparency and accountability in the use of AI model. 
This is to ensure that AI is used in a way that is respectful and provides accurate and helpful information to the users without injecting any harmful biases or stereotypes. This is because in the last few months, we have been seeing educational institutions across the world scramble to understand how AI technologies can change the way people behave, we all interact and how we talk to each other. So if we don't have a clear guidelines and principles, AI could be used in harmful ways. I would say early engagement between policymakers and stakeholders is crucial to help understand the capabilities as well as the limitations of AI tools. These collaborative efforts will develop policies, guidelines that are well-informed and practical to reflect the diverse perspective and expertise from all different stakeholders. And in the context of higher education institutions, I would like to reinforce and to reaffirm that academic integrity across the university is a whole community approach, which means everybody, including the policymakers, the staff, the lecturers, the students, have the responsibility in adjusting to the rise of AI and need to mitigate its potential risks on academic integrity. In closing, would you have any final thoughts to leave us with? In summary, I would say AI does not have to be an enemy to us. And in fact, for us to accept AI, a 3R approach could be applied. The first R is to recognize. We need to recognize that the ways AI can be supportive rather than be threatening in the learning process. Second R is we need to start rethinking to rethink how the current practices could be adjusted to use AI to advance the learning, teaching and assessment processes. And the third R, which is the most important one, to regulate. We need to regulate the use of assessments to ensure that academic integrity and standards are not compromised in the era of AI. Dr. Chi Leung, thanks for speaking with us. That was Associate Professor Dr. Lim Chi Leung, Director at the Learning Innovation and Development Centre for Future Learning at Taylor's University, talking about how AI uh, can be managed when we're talking at the higher education level. And that is it for our show this evening. We have, of course, been discussing AI in education. If you'd like to keep those thoughts coming, you can send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.